Warning! The following podcast contains strong language, which some listeners may find offensive. If you do... Up yours! That's only if you don't listen to the podcast. Otherwise, not up yours. Did you know the Untitled Wrestling Podcast is on all of the social media outlets? Give us a like, follow, share, subscribe, or even a review if you're feeling generous. Facebook and YouTube at Untitled Wrestling Podcast. Twitter, Twitch, and Discord at Untitled Rest Pod. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. It is Wednesday. You know what that means. It's time for your, as always, what's the word? Punctual AEW review. Just in time for next week's Dynamite. Uh, it's me, your boy, Big Tasty. As always, I am joined once again by Jay. How's it going, mate? I'm very good. I'm very excited for uh, the murder fest that's going to be t- Samoa Joe versus Minoru Suzuki tonight. Oh my god, yeah. That's I have be... literally not stopped thinking about that match all day. It's, I mean, we'll, 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 much we'll, for me. We'll preview, we'll preview this week's Dynamite very briefly at the end, but it's a, it's a pay per view level card tonight. It really is. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's the, um, it's like the championship week, isn't it? Because Battle of the Belts. Yeah. Battle of the Belts is that Friday, Saturday, Saturday? Battle of the Belts. Saturday. But then they've got Championship Rampage and they've got Championship Dynamite tonight. Yeah, it's going to be nuts. I think every title's on the line this week, isn't it? Yeah. Basically. Yeah, the impression we're probably going to get some sort of an announcement about Jonathan Gresham defending a Battle of the Belts. Yeah. Tonight. Pure, purely because um, there's only one match on Battle of the Belts at the moment, which is Thunder Rosa versus Nyla Rose. I mean, Dracomagus, no, they won't do lethal, will they? It's too soon. I think they might do lethal. Yeah, oh, fair enough, because I haven't put lethal down. Yeah, that'd be fun. It's It's been weird to see, like, especially this week. It feels like this is the first week where we've really seen, like, Ring of Honor and AEW sort of bleed together. Yeah, I think definitely with the fact that Minoru Suzuki is defending the TV title against some Joe and Dynamite tonight, that's, like, huge. You think he drops it? I think he might. I feel like they're not going to have Joe lose his second match in AW. Whereas, I also feel like they gave the belt to Suzuki purely to kind of... Because it's it's a recognised world championship that yeah. has been defended on continent. And he's never won a world championship. I think they've done that as kind of like a way to kind of tick a few boxes for Suzuki. Because uh, Tony Khan's a massive fucking mark. Yeah. Um... <laughs> And oh my, could Suki even take a muscle buster? Like, would he just explode? I, I reckon he'll just get choked out laughing. Oh. That's what I think's gonna happen. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna fuck, isn't it? Regardless of what. Um... Oh man! I've literally, there was when Samoa Joe's uh, showing up in Ring of Honor. There was like two matches. I was like, okay, I'm gonna need them at some point. <laughs> what the, one of them was Suzuki, and I didn't think like two weeks later we'd be getting it. I thought we'd be waiting a lot longer. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's mad, isn't it? Like, Tony Khan just goes out and says, like, oh yeah, you know that match that everyone wants? We'll just put it here on telly. There you go. Watch that. Surprise! Oh, like I say, we will we will talk um, a little bit more about next week's Dynamite before we end the show, because well, tonight's Dynamite, even, because I'm, I'm so good. I've got to be up early for Bruins tomorrow. Otherwise, I'd be absolutely staying up for this one. I'm, I'm off work tomorrow, so I'm fucking definitely staying up with this one. You son of a bitch. 
you'll love to see it. We kick off Dynamite then with Christian Cage versus Adam Cole. This is another one. You can file this under like matches that I didn't know I wanted. That I thought this was going to be on full gear. You reckon that you think it was going to be a... Oh, you mean like back when? Yeah. So, Tony even said he, he originally planned to have it on full gear and then he thought he'd do the, uh, the six-man tag instead. I mean, the six-man tag was great, wasn't it? So... Yeah. But so was this. I mean, this was probably Christian's best match in AEW. Yeah, I think so. I mean, Maybe it's either this or Kenny. I think the thing with Christian that everyone kind of forgets is he's he can fucking go. Yeah. Like, he, fair enough, he's not like everyone's cup of tea because he's a little bit more of like an old school style. But Yeah, just to, just to put in perspective, Aaron can't stand Christian matches. Yeah. Because he doesn't Aaron, hit people with like exploding barbed wire tables or anything I, like that. I was going to say, Aaron, when we just to, to put a big spoiler on the uh, tier maker we did the other day, where we were ranking the best NXT champions ever, like all the champions, um, not just like the world champion. The second one was the revival, and Aaron and Ryan went on a big tirade about how they're overrated and that they hate them. And I was just like, but they're still like one of the best tag teams in the world. I mean, mate, they've just had like two five star plus matches in seven days. Yeah, it's like regardless of your feelings about them and your feelings about the style. You can't really discredit how good they are because they've literally won everything there is to fucking win. <laughs> and promoters wouldn't be putting them in that situation if they weren't good. Yeah. And he, uh, yeah, yeah, he doesn't like wrestling. <laughs> he just <laughs> likes chicanery and fuckery. That's, that's why he stopped watching AW, mate, because there's too much actual wrestling on it, you know? Yeah, he does not enough of the sex. No, he's, he's, he's now, now, now that NXT to want to raise the bar and like how much sex they can put on. Um, I'm sure when he finds out about Sammy and Tay, he's going to be fucking changing his mind. You just watch it on YouTube, mate, so you just have to watch the rest of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so going back to the match then, um, funny you said about Christian like being more old school. This very much felt more like a Christian-style match than an Adam Cole-style match. I think the thing with Adam Cole, and it's what reminds me so much about, like, what reminds me of him so much about, like, guys like Shawn Michaels and Chris Jericho is he's very much a chameleon. He can he doesn't necessarily need to wrestle his match. He he can wrestle other people's match and still have a fucking great match. Yeah, and I think I think that's the way to use him is to put him in these different situations where because that's one of his big strengths, isn't it? Like if you yeah. make everyone else wrestle his style, which they've kind of been doing a little bit, it makes the matches feel a little bit not in the bad, it just makes it feel a little bit except, same. Except for Hangman. Where for Hangman, Cole, yeah. like Cole literally went and wrestled Hangman style for like half an hour. Yeah, but yeah. This match, yeah. Was, this match was insane. It was, it was so good. It was such a good opener. Like I say, it wasn't mad fast paced. It was just like really. Was was this Christian's first singles match since Kenny? Oh, I know he's wrestled. I know he's wrestled um, like in the tag matches with a uh, Jurassic Express against and. Um, Sorry, with yeah, Jurassic Express against Bucks and Cole. And he was in the ladder match as well. Shit, he was in the ladder match. So he had to, he had to qualify, didn't he? Did he or did he just turn up? Yeah, Ethan Page. Yes, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Um, but yeah, he just, he, it's still regardless, he's not had many singles matches since Kenny. No. Was the point I was trying to make. And he, he looked like 
he could have probably got another 10 match at least. Which I think is a better way to use him because he's a bit of a special attraction. Like he got a huge pop when he came out. He's still Christian. People yeah. love him. You know, he, yeah. he should be like a featured player. He shouldn't just be out every week wrestling like, I don't know. I mean, I was trying to name a jobber, but I, I can't. Like QT Marshall. QT Marshall or like one of the wingmen or something like that. Hmm. You know, yeah. So it makes it makes it, it makes it feel like a big deal. This match felt like a huge deal. Um, Christian was believably in it for like most of it. It was only when Cole did the the shit hours right at the end that you know. I, that's one of the things that like I know it's a very divisive thing with Cole, where people are kind of like he's being booked bad because he has to cheat to win every time. But I think it's brilliant because it's. It's shit out here. Work at its finest, isn't it? But it's not like he's not like hitting people with chairs or like hitting people with belts. It's, belts. it's little things to just give him the edge. Yeah. It's, if anything, it's just shortcuts. He probably would have won if it had gone another five, ten minutes. Hmm. But this was yeah. just like, right, I'll just take the shortcuts, I'll poke him in the eye, and then I'll hit the boom. And there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm, this, this match really delivered for me. I thought it was. A really pleasant surprise. Yeah, and I think it really showed Christian off as like someone who can go step for step with Adam Cole, pretty much, which is incredible it, for a man his age. I remember when Christian went to TNA and he first wrestled AJ, and everyone was like, "Wonder how this is going to go?" Because they they have different styles, but they've got similar styles at the same time. Yeah, and like these house down. It reminded me a bit of that. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, this 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 Christian like. AEW run does have like echoing shades of the TNA Christian, doesn't it? And that he's just like, yeah, you're just here for the matches, basically, you're just here to, you know, draw fucking stars. Um, yeah. And this this match was this match was excellent. It really did that. Um, I mean, some little, a few very quick highlights. Christy jumping over the ring post to the outside was fucking tasty. Um, that spot where they were just slapping the shit out of each other, and Cole just slapped Christian like to the floor. Yeah. That was cool. <laughs> it's just like real nice, real mean. Uh, and then, yeah, um, there was a couple of nice um, counters from the out of the Panama Sunrise as well. There was the one where mm. he did like he did he almost did like what Ten did, where he waited for him to like jump. I think he was using momentum to just chuck him. Yeah, um, I, I really liked the fact that as well that normally in a match like this you'd see Adam Cole raising the pace, whereas it was the other way around. Christian was actually like. Up in the tempo of the match, Cole was trying to kind of like slow him down a bit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a great match, great opener. Uh, obviously, yeah. right, I think right guy won. I think Cole, Cole picking up the win. I there was Cole's the one though. And so after the match, Red Dragon come out and they beat up on Christian. Jurassic Express come out to chase them off, and then Adam Page runs out. Cole demands a title match. So um, Page like, yeah, right, you can have a Texas Death match next week in Texas. So. Them the rules, yeah. Them's the rules. Uh, spoiler if you haven't, or like not spoiler, but if you haven't, as an addendum, if you haven't seen BT this week, there's an amazing segment at the end where the Dark Order have prepared eulogies for either Adam Cole or Adam Page because, in their minds, one of them is going to die. Yeah, nice little touch on that as well. Where Cole, uh, Ed Cole Page got assumedly his notes that they wrote about him and put them in his pocket so he could look at them properly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was great. Well, trying to make everybody laugh. Uh, right. Then we had a little recap of Ring of Honor, which is nice. But more about that later. Well, speaking of which, 
it, it was good because it, it sort of set up some of Joe, didn't it? For anyone who didn't watch the pay per view, yeah. And then it, it, it was less of a surprise that Samoa Joe was just there. And then seconds later, out comes Samoa Joe with his ball of new music, which is fucking incredible. Yeah, I, I had to, I had to explain uh, that one to Troy because he was, he was asking why Joe's music was so similar to his NXT music. Because his NXT music was similar to his TNA music, which was similar to his Ring of Honor music. Yeah, <laughs> basically. <laughs> yeah, so this is Samoa Joe versus Max Caster. Um, Max Caster starts off with a rap about Joe being injury prone and also that he was the NFC champion when they beat them in the ratings. Which wasn't true, but... No. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a fun little rap. Like, I, like, I like the fact that Joe is kind of just in the ring of, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, like, Caster's like fucking around at the start and poking and prodding and then Joe just headbutts him. Like, and that's oh, it, basically, from there on. I- I forgot how much I'd missed Samoa Joe wrestling. Yeah. Until I like we've literally had like now two Samoa Joe matches in the last two years. Yeah. Um bit, best bit of the match for me, there's a bit where like Joe is just like doing like a, a sort of mocking dance of like Max Caster's like entrance. <laughs> whilst Max Caster is in the corner, like literally crying. Yeah. He's just having a horrible time. He's in so much pain. Yeah, yeah like this wasn't really it was it wasn't completely one sided but it was very one sided. I um, mean it was about two and a half minutes and two of those minutes was just Joe beating the piss out of Max. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bowens did like distract Joe on the outside after a dive, didn't he? Um yeah. and then after like Castle like literally got a few like digs on him and Joe just like Killed him with a fucking muscle. Buster. Yeah, muscle buster for the first time in a long time, which is you love to see. He did it. one. He did one on cross when he won the NXT title, but other than that, he hadn't done it for fucking years. Yeah. So yeah, that's awesome. Uh, after the match, Jay Lethal is backstage with Schwag D. Why? Why would them? Um, why would the Human Dynamo choose violence this early on? Well, um business work no it's all, it's all about um, about Jay Lethal Jay Lethal Dynamo I don't know it's, 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 it must be some more wheels wrestling bullshit they're, they're just they're, yeah. they're different um, yeah Joe Joe's gonna kill them I just I love this, this thing he's like oh yeah I tried to call you Joe but I guess you only pick up a billionaires <laughs> yeah that's like, good. oof. Yeah, so next week he's got a gift for for Joe. I don't know what it's going to be. Presumably, just like I am digging, like the fact that Dutton Jay Lethal are together as heels here. I also really, really hope we get one more Sunjay Dutt match because he's fucking awesome. He is well good, isn't he? Oh, he's so good, so good. And then we had a quick one with um, William Regal just hyping up Danielson and Moxie having matches on, on Rampage. Obviously, it was very much a, a BCC themed Rampage this week, which we'll get to in a little bit. Because good lord, yeah. Oh man, um, yeah. This this was great. I, I like the fact that I, I like the fact that literally they've got like even Regal outlines the kind of sort of contrast between Brian Danielson being like it's like he loves Brian Danielson because he's an incredible technical wrestler, and he loves John Moxie because he kills people. Yeah, and William Regal did both. Uh, next up, then we have Sean v. Sean Spears versus Dean, the captain. Uh, the captain, good lad. 
Uh, fun match, not particularly long. Um, I did think because the FA from this is a pay per view. And then I was like, Sean Spears is Sean Dean is the pay per view. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it yeah, match, match sort of ends just... when Wardlow storm, storms in and um, basically just hoofing security guards everywhere. And as that's happening, Sean Dean rolls up and distracted Spears for the win. You know, it's very similar to what happened last week with the Ass Boys, but whatever, it's fine. It's it's always I like that Sean Dean is like somehow the pinnacle script tonight. Yeah. Although MJF literally said he's gonna get him a purple heart tonight, which is an awful thing to say. <laughs> uh yeah, after that they showed a video um showing Wheelie Uther breaking off in the best friends or seems official. Like they're almost like they're priming for something else. So I wonder what that could be. Mm. I like serious Utah. I also like the idea of the meme going around that. User still lives on Chuck and Orange's couch. <laughs> he hasn't left yet. It's like he's he's given up his room, but he's not found a new place yet. So he's just kipping on the couch. Like Statlander's moved in. She's taking the she's taking the room, and like he's just like he's just there all the time, like just in the kitchen, I, just eating, eating the food. I get the impression now he just lives in Mox's garage, and Mox like just comes in and just beats the shit out of him for a couple of days a week. And Renee comes and makes him hot chocolate before they go to bed. Yeah. Renee comes and just like apologizes to him, gives him like a hot chocolate and leaves. <laughs> and then Mox comes in and throws the hot chocolate in his face and just beats the shit out of him. Uh, next up, then we had Eddie Kingston basically telling um, the Jericho Society that if wherever he sees them, he's just going to beat the shit out of them, even if they're with their families. Yeah. Like, Jesus Christ, Eddie, we're like, Eddie's lost any chill that he had in this, in this segment here. Yeah. Really did. And he basically says to Daniel Garcia, he's like, Daniel Lando, where you live, mate? <laughs> he's like, I'm just Eddie gonna come to, I'm just gonna come to your house and batter you. <laughs> Eddie King go. is going to kill somebody. Is there an interview with RJ City on the AW YouTube channel? Yeah. No, no. Oh my god, it's fucking hilarious. It's just it's just five minutes of RJ City poking the bear. <laughs> He, he, he introduces Eddie Kingston and asks him, asks him like what it's like being from New Jersey, and he's like, "Oh, oh, New Jersey, oh, oh." He's like, "Oh God, oh God, Eddie's gonna kill him." Uh, so yeah, next week uh, for this week's Dynamite, they announce it's going to be Jericho and is it Jericho two versus? I think so. Versus Eddie and Proud and Purple, and Eddie says Eddie's they're going to. They're going to kick their asses next week in Orleans, like junk jog, Junkyard Dog and Butch Reed. Eddie again, dropping the wrestling knowledge, which is great. Yeah, boy. Um, then they show re- a little recap of the Hook and Danhausen thing. I'm so scared for Danhausen. Danhausen's in, in danger. I'm really scared. Danhausen is absolutely in danger. I, unless we get like some kind of weird buddy cop thing with Danhausen and Hook, where Danhausen. Because on on his on Danhausen's vlog, he's basically been given Hook a pack of chips every week to keep him like in his good books. What if they form a tag team? I'd be that kind of be for that. Down for that. I I, I kind of like the idea of like them building up Hook as like some kind of mythical figure who can't be cursed. Yeah. As opposed to have Hook kill Danhausen. <laughs> I don't want to see Hook kill Danhausen. I don't think anybody wants. I don't to see anyone kill Danhausen. Danhausen's a fucking treasure. Uh, next up then, we had Jade Cargill out onto the stage. Um, they introduced the baddie section, which is great. I love that. She's been just getting fans to just all sit together and like be baddies. Right. Which is... I, I like that Kip Sabian was in the baddie section. Yeah. Um, and then 
Jay calls out her opponent, which is Marina Shafir, obviously, a 13th opponent, and also basically says, calls out, quote, all of the MMA washouts getting into wrestling. <clears throat> Jay's the best. No sh- Shots fired. I really want to see Jay there, Shayna Baszler, just because I, I think if anyone's going to fuck Jay, there will be J- Shayna. Yeah. But it'll be a fun match. Well, when she gets released, inevitably, they can bring her over for a little, little program. Um, next up then, MGF cuts a promo on Wardlow, basically says he hopes that he shows up next week so we can sort of sort him out. And also cuts a promo on Sean Dean, but he's got Baron. So yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, after that, we have... Right now, this is a match that a lot of people I've spoken to or a lot of things I've seen around, people don't tend to... People seem to not enjoy it. I think it could have been better. First of, first of all, did you understand the rules? Yeah. Because a lot of people seem to have a lot of problems with that. So people had... Oh, and I mean, my- the commentary team did a bad job of explaining it. I'll go, I'll go that far. Yes, yeah, they did. So um, they said that when someone was put through a table, they were eliminated. But in in an offensive manner. But but they said so the person was the person was eliminated, which was a poor choice of words. Yeah. What the actual rule I, was, and what they should have explained was, it was the first team to have both of their members put offensively through a table yeah. losers. Yeah. Now. That, that- if you, if you remember, this is the exact same rules as the Hardys v. the Dudleys at the 2001 Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, exactly the same. Like, even if you get put through the table, you're still in the match. You just have to put the other guy through a table as well. Yep. And actually, loads of people were really confused about why, um, why Jeff Hardy was allowed to carry on when he got put through a table and why the Blade... No, to the butcher. It was allowed, even though he. So basically, it was it was just the first team to to have to put the other two members through tables. One. Yes. Which is a much easier sentence to say than the way that Excalibur tried to word super undone with. Yeah, Excalibur was explaining that about as well as Mike Tanay explains King of the Mountain matches. Oh God, that gives me fucking nosebleeds. <laughs> <laughs> Can't confirm. Uh, right. So yeah, it was it was it was fine. It wasn't. Did you think that Jeff got hurt early on in the match? Because I think he, it looked like he like caught his leg on like one of the table legs when he ran into it. Yeah, there was that one where it was like sort of it was the table that wasn't like fully opened, but it was propped up, wasn't it? And it, like yeah, it looked yeah. a bit. And he was sort of hobbling after doing that spot. Yeah, uh, but it was it was fine. Um, there was tables. I mean, the butcher and the blade are just chaos. Agents are they're just there to like break things, mm-hmm. which is fine. That's what they did. You know, they're, they're, I'd say they were the, a lot of people said they should have been private party in this match. I sort of enjoyed the dynamic of the Butcher and the Blade being that, that big attack team. I think private party are going to um, are going to end up like in a lot of the match or something with them. TLC baby, full metal mayhem. They've done they've done ladders, or well, they, they, they've done ladders recently. Um, they done yeah. yeah, they did ladders. They've done tables, chairs. We don't need to bother with that. We don't need, we don't need a chairs match. This ain't TLC the pay per view. No, what about a stairs match? No, thank you. Um, I I think that these teams might end up in blood and guts. So interestingly, they've just we, they've we just know blood an, and guts on the horizon. Okay, they've just announced the blood and guts is coming up, haven't they? Yeah, they haven't announced the date. They've just said it is coming. Yeah. 
Usually they do it the week before double or nothing, don't they? Yes. It's like it's the well, not the go home show because that'll be rampage, but it'll be the like go home dynamite. Yeah. Which yeah, so, kind of because kind of, yeah, it, it's weird because they always have their blood and guts then, and then the week after, like double or nothing's normally the stadium stampede unless, as well, isn't it? So unless because they're not doing stadium stampede this year, because Tony said that. They do blood and guts instead. Have they, have they said they're not doing stadium stampede at um, double or nothing? He said doesn't think they're doing stadium stampede stampede at double or nothing because it's in Vegas. Oh, fair enough. Um, well, I mean, I wouldn't. I don't think they'd do it at double or nothing because if you do as a separate show, it gives you another like pay per view level show to hype, doesn't it? Yeah, they could. I suppose they could do stadium stampede as like a, um, one of the specials they do, or just a just a dynamite like a special dynamite like they yeah like they like to do. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, and this was this was a this match was fine. Um, I got to see Big Butch looking like fucking death incarnate, so that was fun. Mm-hmm. I'm just swinging Jeff Hardy around like a ragdoll. So yeah, that was that's, that's always going to please me. I, I can't be too mad about that. Hardy's won again. I think don't think the Hardys are losing. That training stopped anytime soon. I think the Hardys' first loss is going to be the books. Yeah, because they've already basically said that the Hardys' first books is happening at that AM. That show in, uh, um, where is it? By the book. California. Oh, the Crypto Arena. Mm-hmm. It's called the former Staples Center. Yeah. They've already said that's like, that's happening, haven't they? Yeah. Um, I mean, we had some bits with, we'll, we'll skip past this. We had some bits with Jurassic Express and Red Dragon talking about them. Uh, we had some bits with Nyla Rose and Thunder Rosa. Let's get to the one that really matters. We had a teaser of a showdown between Tony Storm and Jamie Hayter. Yeah, that's that's going to be fun, isn't it? Yeah, that's going to be a nice one. Looking forward to that. Yeah, I am. Um, and then we got uh, more Owen Hart Cup stuff, didn't we? Yes, we did. We got another women's qualifier, Hikaru Shida versus Spooky Julia Hart. Uh, Spooky Julia is go. She is fully spook. Um, she sends Varsity Bombs Lons to the back. Uh, she's gouging Sheeta's eyes. She's working heel. She threw, she threw a jacket at uh, Griff as well, didn't she? Yeah, she's had enough of this shit, basically. Also, um, did you notice she had like a little bit of like black eye shadow like just seeping out from underneath? Yeah, it's, it's happening. It's starting to happen. It's happening. She's joining the house. So this was, I mean, no, no, no surprise here. Uh, Sheeta wins with... Um, Sort of spinning knee and then the falcon arrow. It's, it's you know you'd expect I, that. Yeah, I was a little bit disappointed. Julia didn't actually win this. I, I understand why she didn't because she and they're not going to like have Julia job out to Sheeta. But at the same time, it would have been a cool like way to sort of start that story. Yeah, uh, post match. Post match. Serena D's music hits. Serena comes out with a chair. She stands in the ring with a chair. Serena, yeah, she just stands in the ring with a kendo stick. They have a little stare down. So that's that's still rumbling along. It's still, I, th- I feel that there's going to be some tournament implications to, to this feud. I have a feeling that the final is going to be she diversity, but then I I also feel that Tony Storm's going to win it. Okay, so both so, of those things can't be true. You do realize that? No, no, I I, I am aware of that. But like <laughs> they are conflicting they, predictions. They're the directions I think that they're going to that they could go in. Yeah. Fair. Um, 
So next up then, we had Swerve Strickland. And he walks into the blocker room and then Starks and Hobbs. Hey, Marvez was fucking useless here. Because he Swerve, what like basically Swerve just says, oh, yeah, I was at the Grammys, had a good weekend. Um, and then he talks about like his match with uh, Starks and um, Keith Lee's match with Hobbs. And as he as he walks into the locker room, like and Starks and Hobbs like rush past Marvez. Marvez just goes, "Oh, Swerve, look out!" <laughs> oh no! Like he fuck he fucking whimpers it at Swerve. It's like, <laughs> come on, dickhead. Um, yeah. So Starks and Lee, um, sorry, Starks and Hobbs do a bit of a beatdown on Strickland. Uh, Hobbs just fucking flat up throws him through a wall like the fucking Kool Aid guy. No, Will Will Hobbs gets thrown through a wall by Keith Lee. Oh yeah, sorry, yeah, that's the one. Keith Lee just like <laughs> spine busted Hobbs through a wall. I just mean, fucking awesome. this match is is it on Rampage or Dynamite this week? Dynamite. I mean, I can't wait for that. That's gonna. That's gonna. I I really hope that Swerve and Keith Lee do the uh, spirit bomb double stomp combo. Probably on Starks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was fucking awesome. Sets that match up nicely. Um, then we have the main event FTR versus the Young Bucks for the Ring of Honor and AAA tag team titles uh, nice little touch they have Bobby Cruz doing the announcing yeah I like that I would have preferred if they had Rick and Bonnie on commentary as well. Rick and Bonnie just like slowly wheels Excalibur away from the desk and <laughs> takes his place keep keep Rick and Bonnie and Excalibur even keep Jay I'll just get rid of Sh- Shivani for it yeah you could have Shivani down to like interview someone or something wouldn't you Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know how we do this match just by talking about it. No, I don't. Um, what I will say, first and foremost, don't compare it to the FT- FTR Briscoes match because it's a totally different match. It is. It's a, it's, first of all, yeah, it's a totally different style match. Secondly, it's yeah. an absolute testament to FTR that they're able to not only work these two great matches in a week but also such massively different styles as well yeah one thing I really liked actually was the first FTR Bucks match it was more in the Bucks wheelhouse hmm. there was there was like the whole story of like FTR trying to out wrestle the Bucks with the high flying and then after, when FTR finally and also it was a love letter to tag team wrestling um, and when FTR finally like true like went for like the big sort of high flying move to try and combat that to what cost them. Yeah. Um, I liked in this that because the books were like healing it up more, FDR were able to get the books to wrestle their match. So it was a lot more technical. It was a lot more grounded. There was a lot more kind of tag, t- tag team sort of like hope spots, like with uh, them isolating their, isolating Dax and obviously doing the whole like thing that FTR do where they cut the ring in half. Yeah, I noticed that that was that was a nice little a nice little homage, almost like a taunt to FTR, wasn't it? Um there was a few of them as yeah. well later in the match from both teams. Uh it was yeah. oh, I mean it was tremendous. It was one of the I think for me it was one of the best matches that's main event of the dynamite. Yeah. Like, so I mean I'm I'm we, just poor with the notes here and like there's so much there's so much so much good stuff. Um like you say, it wasn't fast paced. It wasn't fast paced that it wasn't high flying, but like the, the on the ground action was smooth. It was quick. It was easy on the eye. It, I wouldn't say it was. It wasn't 
fast paced. I'd say it was like a slow burner until it hit, it hit like a crescendo and then it got really fucking frantic really quick. And there was some like that, some of the near falls near the end. I mean, the books hitting pretty much every single finish they've got. They did the false finish with the uh, BT trigger where Cash got his foot on the ropes and knocks count with three and then realized, and the bell rang and then he realized. Um, there was even with the BT trigger, like the look on Cash's face where he realized, oh shit, yeah, this is it. Like if they hit this, it's over for us. Just before that, we had um, Nick going for a dive on the outside and Dax just catching him and hitting a brain buster. Yeah. Which, was that which was nuts. Him. You had um, the box hitting a big rig. Awesome drive reversal. Yes, yeah, into the it was into the tombstone, and then that was, um, it wasn't. Box went for the yeah. Um, box went for the melter driver. Uh, Dax comes pretty much from out of nowhere, catches Nick mid flip, and then hits him with like the slingshot lager bomb. As yeah, as he's doing that, Cash hits a tombstone on. Matt. As Cash reverses the tombstone, the tombstone's Matt, and then the uh, the big rig Nick. Uh, yeah, Bucks hit the big rig. Um, Bucks hit more bang for your buck, and they Cash kicked out of that. I, I love that Cash was like literally kicking out of everything. Yeah. Uh, that there was that really cool bit as well where um, I think Nick had done the um, see you kick thing where he kicked Dax, and then as he was like taunting, Cash like locked his arms and brought him in and hit a gory special. That's awesome. oh, that gory bomb was beautiful. Yeah, pop, pop for that. Yeah, that was it. Was so good. Um, yeah, th- this match was tremendous. There was, there was a lot of like season as well. Obviously, um, there was like a lot of Bret Hart things where uh, FTR locked in. Was it? It was dual and sharpshooters, wasn't it? Double sharpshooters. Yeah, they both locked. Up, yeah, and then after um, after the books broke out of that, there was a bit where Matt did like the Bret Hart. Um, Middle rope elbow drop, yeah, or like the middle arm, middle rope forearm smash. Sorry, um, it's great. It's fucking I mean, good man. We're still very brief about the finish. The finish was incredible, as you said. Um, they broke the melter driver, like the double team was fantastic. The two moves they hit, like the, the slingshot lager in the tombstone, was great. Then FTR hit the BT trigger on Matt uh, before they did it. Like they again, like it's it's it, it sort of. It sort of mirrored what happened with Cash before. Like Mac just sort of he got his arms grabbed and he realized he was he was fucked. And so he just spat in Dax's Stop face. Well both of them. Both he spat in both their faces. Yeah. Uh they hit the BT trigger, then they hit the double sheet kiss. Yeah. On Matt, and then a and big rig for the win. They fucking killed them with a big rig. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That looked like the stiffest big rig they've ever done. <laughs> oh my absolute. I mean, this match was I mean, you don't you don't want it. You don't want to throw around words like perfection, but I think I, I wouldn't ever want to compare the two matches because I think they're both brilliant in their own rights. No, it, it's like saying what's uh, better, a steak or a pizza. Yeah, I I think this was just as good as the first match. I I'd, I'd say that. I'd say this was. Again, I mean, it, it had it had so much. I mean. Again, you can't even compare them, though, can you? Because that was an empty arena match. Like this was. No, they had fans. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was with like, the proper fans. I mean, this was like it was the loudest. It was the loudest the, that crowd got of any match that night. Yeah, but this crowd were on fire for this match. Yeah, and I, I think I like the fact as well that 
I didn't even realize how long, like it was literally like what 18 months apart. Yeah. The two matches. So I like the fact that they've not just like again, I don't want to I don't want to say this into like just taking digs at WWE, but it's something I criticize them a lot. Is that they're so like eager to give like so I've just had a series of matches that you just have rematch after rematch after rematch after rematch after rematch. They've kept I like this, those. they kept these teams apart for so long. Yeah. And I they like, teased it. They it, teased it so carefully in those two battle royals. <laughs> they, they built it. They built to it. Yeah. I like that they've got the same sort of thing of like Batman and the Joker that they're like destined to do this forever and they're always going to find each other. Yeah. But and, more importantly, this time the, the roles reversed to FDR with the faces. Yeah. Books to the heels. It's weird because like the FTR books match last time sort of cemented FTR's heel turn. Yeah. Whereas this, this one, one cement sort of cemented turn. the face turn. Yeah, which was FTR. I mean the, the crowd the crowd is so hot for face FTR, it's unreal. Like they I didn't think yeah. I didn't think they could have a brilliant hot tag, but they do, because of course they do, because they're fucking mm-hmm. excellent. Best tag team in the world, mate. I'll stand by what I said that. Yeah, right. I mean, is it is there even any point in asking for highs and lows for this episode of Dynamite? Well, I think we're both kind of we're, we're both agreed that that is absolutely the high. So why don't we say our second place high? Okay, I mean, I don't have a low for this episode. No, I, don't. Um, I thought everything was everything was done well. Everything was done. Everything was done as a way to kind of like continue a lot of stories everything felt like it had meaning in the show um, I'd say my, my number two high behind this match was probably Samoa Joe the, the debut of Samoa Joe yeah I think what else you know probably I'd be tempted now I'm going to go with Adam Cole versus Christian I thought that was that just because it came so out of nowhere and just caught me off guard um, it was a really good match to open. I think if it was on any other week than this week, it would be probably getting talked about a lot more than it is. Yeah. But unfortunately, they've literally, like, <laughs> they're literally on a show where there's an actual match of the year contender. Yeah, I mean... Just right there in the main event. It, can, it, it kind of gets forgotten because, yeah, like, the, the final match of the show is one of the best matches you'll see all year. So, yeah, yeah. fair. Uh, all right, we'll crack on the Rampage then because, bloody hell, the, the talking Boy, points don't end... I'll- this is, I, I this think is, this might have um, been the best Rampage main event. I think ever. it might have been the best Rampage ever. Oh, I don't know about that. For me personally. Let me have a look. No, that's, that's, a fair, that's a fair statement. So we start off... So this match, this, this Rampage is sort of punctuated. It's bookended by two pretty big, pretty huge matches featuring... Sort of the same two factions-ish, kind of. So it starts with Brian Danielson versus Trent Beretta. Mm. And as a special, like, bonus treat, we've got William Regal on commentary. What a guy. Daddy Regs. Uh, and even better, Jericho is not there. Yeah, that was, that was very nice. William Regal has replaced Chris Jericho. I mean, this match was... I mean, it, it almost sounds like a like like just not like low effort now to say it's a Brian Townsend match. It was incredible, but yeah, <laughs> I, I can't lie to you. I'm not going to say it was shit. Just to say they something think, different. 
the thing is as well though Trent's like their guy that they put in matches because they know he's going to have a good match as well Trent has been I mean you want to talk about I mean Brian Danielson has one one gear and it's all go it's murder and Trent since he's come back has been on an absolute mission to just either re-break his neck or just have the best match of all time I don't know which one he's going to do first but he'll do one of them yeah um, Trent as well is a really good example of um, like how to make someone look good in defeat yeah well I mean there's a lot of that on this show mm. in particular yeah not you QC Mojo not you not you never you <laughs> never. Yeah. Sit, sit down mate sit down go, go and sell that Buick over there yeah that, there's I, I love the fact that like Trent literally did like meet Danielson blow for blow. He was wearing just as stiff as Danielson. Yeah, and, I mean, if anything, I'd say he sort of stepped up to like Danielson's level for this match. Uh, and he, he, if you'd, if you'd never, if you'd never seen these guys rest before, and you just watched this match, you'd think these two were like on the same billing on the card. Hmm. I, I like the fact as well, though, like Danielson is just so his facial expressions for me is like what makes him so good because it's like. There was a bit where Trent just like lamped Danielson as hard as he could, and Danielson just like did like the Suzuki laugh where he just turned the leg <laughs> up, and, like, laughing. Like, is that the best you've got? And then just started kicking the shit out of Trent. Um, I love that Danielson started using the Gotch Star Power Driver more as well. Yeah. Um, it, it's a really kind of. It, well, ba- basically. He's got like that whole finishing segment now, hasn't he? Where sequence where it's like he he hits the knee and it's like I know I can end this match right now so with that. I was I was gonna talk about this. So the way they book Danielson now, I really enjoy. It's like they let people get quite a lot on him in terms of offense. Like the matches are very back and forth, but then it's always it always just hinges on like like you say, as soon as that knee hits, it's effectively over as a contest there's nothing yeah there's nothing after that it's just well, he's like it's just a victory parade at that point he just, he just... like it's like he's pissed off they've got as much offense as they have on him yeah so i'm not done so as soon as he hits the knee it's like right now it's my time i've taken control of this match yeah i'm gonna hit the gox up i'm gonna hit that move and they're gonna i'm gonna kick your head in and then we're gonna lock in any submission and you're gonna be unconscious before i even put it on and that submission he locked in as well was a fucking nasty was that the one where he like wrenched him around by his nose so it was it was basically he got him in the label lock but instead of like cross facing him he got him in like a reverse cravat which is like a neck wrench yes yeah he just sort of twisted his neck around which was ooh. and yeah he was twisting Trent's neck around to the point where like a guy with a surgically repaired neck probably shouldn't be fucking bending his head that way <laughs> Um, but yeah like that Danielson for me I say this every fucking year, but he's he he's absolutely gonna be a be in the argument for wrestler of the year for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so fantastic opener. Um, really sets the, the the sort of the stage for the show. Really, really shows us the theme because it's Blackpool Combat yeah. Club doing mad violence on people. Uh, um, I probably, really like as well on their commentary the fact that Regal's so like. And I've obviously like I've got that William Eagle shirt, uh, which says gentleman villain on, but he is like a gentleman villain. Like he's so complimentary of the guy that he's like 
got his boy fucking beating the living shit out of. So it's it's very it's in a way it's very similar to Taz in that he gives a lot to the people who arrange these guys. Yeah, but he does it in a much calmer manner. Almost, yeah, it, almost, it's, it's almost, like, sed- not quite, but almost sedate. It's almost like he just—it's almost like he's just watching a film and describing what he sees. Like it's not. Yeah, it's like he's this complimentary about them. Yeah, to the point where it's like, it's like, well, he actually seems to really like this guy, and then he's like, Bob, Brian Danielson's going to kill him, <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's it's fucking brilliant. Like I love this like new, I say new, but I love this like element of Regal's like character where he's. He's almost like a Mr. Miyagi of violence. He, he's like the old mentor to yeah. like the, the like generation of talent of like people who are just going to be as fucking trained killers. Right. Next up, then we had Lexi Nair. Good to hear back again. Um, hopefully, they can use her yeah. a bit more, which is awesome. Give Give Tony a night off. Um, she was backstage trying to get Hook to talk, uh, but he didn't respond. He just got up to leave. Danhausen jumps out of a bin and tries to curse him, but it doesn't work. And he just like starts eating the chips the hook threw away. Yeah, hook throws the chips at Danhausen and they land in the bin and then Danhausen goes down and picks them up. <laughs> he he was nice enough to tie the bag for Danhausen when he threw them in. Yeah, so they didn't fall out all over his nice costume. Yeah. Um yeah, I'm 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 scared to Danhausen. <sighs> Next up then we have to talk very briefly about yeah, Men of the Year versus Sammy and Ty. Right, this is like this is definitely the fucking face then for Dan Lambert and like the men of the year, isn't it? What when Ethan Page calls Sammy a PR disaster waiting to happen? Yeah, and that like everything that like Ethan Page and Dan Lambert said was right. <laughs> like you're in the script for this title scene. Telling, talking to his daughter, be like, I know you're in bed because I'm a good parent, <laughs> but please don't grow up to be anything like Ty Conti. Yeah, um, I, I also like the fact that. <laughs> the fans were booing the shit out of them. They've got it. They've got to. They've got to like pull the pull the push the emergency button on this and, and do the do the double turn over here. Like, they really have to. It's either that or they're doing like Nightmare Collective, where they just completely just kibosh the whole story and go. They're just gone forever. That's it. Next thing you see, Sam he's just he's there by himself. They bring what Pam the back. Or they, 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 they just bring Pam back or something. Oh, that'd be so good if Men of the Year brought panels. Nah, that'd be like the club. That'd, that'd be how you clear link this shit. They're already fucking scared in that line, mate. They really are. Um, keeping up with the um, with the bad shit. Uh, Chris Jericho names QT Marshall as his sports entertainer of the week. No, thank you. Uh, which is apt because immediately after this, QT Marshall gets fucking murdered by Swerve Strickland. Mm-hmm. Which is lovely. Yeah, Swerve's so over, isn't he? Swerve is, like, as soon as his music hits, like, the, the pop is just nuts. It's cool for Swerve, though, because it doesn't always get a massive pop, but the second he comes out, everyone's chatting Swerve. Yeah. It's almost like, I don't know, because you, you can tell he's really fucking over. But it's just that it's it's nice that it's kind of like a different kind of, like, pop that he gets. I think it's because the music's really low energy. It's not like a big... Because it's quite like chill, isn't it? The music. I, I love that opening, like um, opening like pops are called lick, where it's just like it seems like dead fucking sinister when you hear it play. <laughs> like a tonal shift. Yeah, it's almost like a little bit discordant, which is is really cool. And then, 
said about Swerve, I used to say it on the NXT podcast all the time. Um, he's got such like a good, like menacing, like scumbag sort of like scowl on his face when he comes out. Like he look, he's looking at people like he's fucking a shark, like looking for his next meal. <laughs> he looks like he's going to do some mischief, doesn't he? Like he's going to fucking hurt someone. Like when he made that save for Keith Lee, when he like he put the team back together. And he came out with a chair. He looked like he was fucking out for blood. It was brilliant. <laughs> he's got so, as I say, he's got such a fucking good, like menacing vibes. I love, like, love everything about the presentation. Yeah, I mean, Swerve basically just aces this with very little trouble, um, which is great to mm-hmm. see. Um, Marshall just there to do the job, which is great. He didn't, he didn't even go top the fucking for the um, the. Stomp, you just fucking in with swerves. I was instead, yeah, just kicked him in the back of the head, yeah, uh, which was nice. Um, so then we get the challenge, uh, for the tag match off Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks is on commentary for all this, obviously. So this is he gets him on the mic, doesn't he? And cuts his first music off at the end and sort of yeah. issues the challenge, which is cool. I, I like, I like that Ricky Starks as well. Like, you can see he's got the same kind of like mentorship of Taz in the way he's like, I, I know swerves good, but I still beat, but I know he's good, yeah. Uh, next up then we had uh, another Marina Shafir video hyping up a match with Jay Cargo which still doesn't have a date I uh, don't know when that's going to happen I'm probably going to be on one of the shows this week well no because she's wrestling it's... on um, Marina's wrestling on Danworth Marina is yeah she wrestles on Sky Blue so it could be on Rampage could be she's going to do double G but I'm not entirely sure that they'll make her do that we'll see um, next up then we had Will- another absolute treat Willow Nightingale everyone's favourite my favourite oh, and yours Willow Nightingale it's another Owen Hart tournament qualifier Willow Nightingale versus Red Velvet again fun match yeah. the crowd heavily behind Willow in this match uh, Red Velvet's getting booed yeah. basically <clears throat> I think um, they said in the on commentary because she's from New York Willow um, yeah I think they said like she's got quite like a history in the Boston wrestling scene. I was going to say like New York and Boston aren't like the best of friends when it comes to sports. Yeah, if but anyone's yeah. going to unite them up, because she's great. It will be Willow. Willow, um, hits, Willow hits a lovely cannonball in this match, which I really like. She hit a real bounce as well. Yeah, that pounce would be fucking awesome. Monty Brown would be proud of that one. Um, yeah, I, I, I'll be honest. I there's two criticisms I've got of this one. I think you need to stop putting red velvet against people that they're going to boo it for. Like when they tried to have red velvet as like the face against Britain fucking Pittsburgh. I was like, come on. Yeah. Come on now. Is that, um, is, that, is that a plan though? It's just like a slow, it's just a slow heel thing. She was acting a little bit more heelish at the end. She's the way she went, because when she won, there was like big boos in the crowd. Not because they didn't like her, because they wanted Willow to win. And Velvet kind of played up to it a little bit, which I thought, all right, so that, was, that, was that the idea? Well, the other criticism I had was I feel like Willow should have won this because, like, called an audible and they should have called an audible and had Willow win because she was so over. Yeah. It would have been a nice moment for her. It would have been a good moment for the fans. Um, and also, good way to build momentum for Willow because obviously, if they're bringing her back, Tony's up. Like, they keep bringing her back. Tony obviously like has plans for her down the line somewhere. Yeah. And it would have been very, a really good opportunity very, to sort of advertise Ring of Honor a little bit as well because she they advertised her as like being from the Ring of Honor Super Show. It did. 
Um, yeah, because she's very, she's very much like um, the way they've used her so far. Kind of like the way they used Yuta, in the sense that he was originally just there to just have like sort of like dark matches and nothing really, nothing big. But then they started using him in a bit more of a prominent role. But he wouldn't, he'd just always be like the nearly man. And now he's like, he's where he is now, which we'll get to in a moment. Um, and he feels like a fucking huge deal coming out of this week's episode of the Rampage. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping that's what they've got planned for it. Maybe future Ring of Honor uh, Women's Champion, or even like go further up the uh, AW ladder, TBS or AW World Women's Champion. I feel it definitely feels like we're not having seen the last of Willow in, in AW by a long shot. Which... I, I think I think based on the crowd reactions alone, Tony's probably realised he's got someone that's a real like star in the making on his hands. Yeah. Which is awesome. Uh, next up, then we had um, speaking of Ring of Honor at the announcement. Obviously, we talked about briefly well, it's a bit like that Suzuki will defend the Ring of Honor TV title against Mojo on Dynamite. Not ready. Can't wait for that. <laughs> next up, then they're letting there again. Good to see everyone tomorrow backstage with Tony Nice. Uh, this is I was really intrigued by this because I really like Tony Nice, but I don't care about his character. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But now he's yeah. apparently going to be working with Mark Sterling, which is just the, the instant way to get anybody some characterization. I mean, Mark Sterling is fucking brilliant. Let's be honest, Tony needs to the shit um, a shit talker. Yeah, he's and not Mark, a very good talker. Mark Sterling is excellent. So Mark Sterling for me, I really want this to happen. I'm trying to will it into existence. That he he. Becomes almost like the Bobby Heenan of like AEW. Yeah. Like he can have like Sterling and, and Associates. Um, he can have like his whole like managing Jade and he manages MJF periodically. Well, he doesn't even manage MJF. He's just, he literally just turns up and MJF needs a lawyer mm-hmm. to do his like fucking dirty yeah. work, basically, doesn't he? Yeah. I'd, I'd very much like um, Mark Sterling to like get more clients up. Interestingly, um, as well, Tony Nice mentioned um, when he when he started this whole thing, he was like, "Because Lexi Nair is like, yes, Tony Nice," and Tony Nice is like, "Where's the energy you had for Hook?" <laughs> yeah, I get the impression that Hook's fe- feeding on Tony Nice next. I also think Tony Nice might end up in Ring of Honor. Absolutely, I mean that that seems sensible, doesn't it? Um, right then, we'll move on to Mark Henry backstage with the split screen. Um, love this little um, for both guys here. I love both these guys. Just little little sound bites. So Yuta starts yeah. off said he's no stranger to Moxley. The first time they fought, Moxley embarrassed him. Second time he put a bit more of a fight. So this time he's going to earn Moxley's respect. So he's, he's basically saying, "Yeah, right. I wasn't ready the first time, but I've been getting better and better and better. And now I'm I'm ready to take you on." <laughs> Moxley just shoots back and said, "Yeah, it's not my job to show you respect. So I have one job. I'm going to spill your guts all over the mat and see what you're really made of." <laughs> it's like, oh shit. Yeah. Moxley is yeah. Moxley's not John, fucking around. John Moxley's been praying at the fucking Temple of the Blood Gods this week, hasn't he? <laughs> uh, um, it, um, this was weird because I think this is the closest we've got to a heel Moxley in AEW. Well, he was he was he was sort of beaten against that door, wasn't he? Before he went away, and it's not so much, he's not a heel mm. really. He's just like you said, he's literally just the avatar of destruction. He's just he's just a lawnmower. Yeah. Whatever you put in there is getting cut up. Like it doesn't matter what it is. It's got no it's got no affiliation. It just wants to hurt things. 
I like to think that William Regal just draws a pentagram on the floor and blood and Moxley's just summoned. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Moxley cares enough to be face or heel. He just wants to fight. Yeah. That's, that's his whole point. Yeah. But the, the thing is, he's, he's over as fuck because of it, isn't he? Yeah. Um, um, so this match, right. I mean, straight, yeah, off, straight off the bat, this match was exceptional. Like, this match, this exceptional. So, when we do our like mid-year review of matches we've loved so far, I've I've already started making me lists because I thought fucking hell, I've seen a lot of good matches this year already. This match is already in it. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's one of the matches of the year but, so far. Yeah, Easy. for me, it was a match of the year contender. It was tremendous. If you look, we were talking before about making people look good in defeat. This is how you do it. Well, the match started off with Yuta diving through the middle rope at Moxley and throwing him face first into the guardrail. Yeah. And it was um, mad because it, it was like Yuta taking Moxley to Moxley's comfort zone, but beating the piss out of him all over the outside of the arena. That, that's one thing I really enjoyed about um, Yuta and Danielson is that Yuta, he was using moves that Moxley uses on Danielson. But also, he was wrestling Danielson's kind of match to prove that he can go. Yeah, and here he, he tried to wrestle Moxley. I mean, it backfired almost immediately because... Um, oh, God. John Moxley fucking curb stomped him on the steel John steps. Moxley curb stomped him on the steel steps. And you said... Horrifying. We use the phrase pissing blood a lot, don't we, on this podcast. Um, there's literally, like, there's some pictures going around Twitter that, like, they had the professional photo- photographer uh, ringside for this. And like there's moves where Moxley's hitting you, like hitting you, so like punching him, kicking him, kneeing him, and there's blood spraying out of Yuta's fucking forehead. Yeah, like it's like a sprinkler. Yeah, it, this was like it was at the point where it was a scary amount of blood loss, but obviously Yuta seems fine. Well, uh, for the first for the first sort of like so the back starts when he was back in the ring, Yuta's already pissing blood. And um for the first like sort of two three minutes, like Yuta's just totally out of it. Like he can't see. He's just like sort of swinging blindly. He's sort of staggering all over the place. And you think you think I'm like, oh, this is going to be it now. Mox is just going to kill him. Yeah. Like it. What was so? What was interesting about this was Yuta. Like Moxley was literally like a lion playing with his foot food at this point. Yeah. Like Yuta was pouring blood. He was. He couldn't see. He was like staggering around the ring. Moxley was just like stalking him like a fucking killer. Um, but every time Moxley thought, "All right, it's time to put it away," you sort of kick out or get out of a hold, and Moxley would kind of like look back and be like, "Okay." And okay. it also it also built to a crescendo where basically Yuta managed to take Moxley to the outside, and then jumps out, jumps off the top rope to the outside through Moxley through the tank of his table. Oh, beautiful! That looked incredible. Yeah, um, the crowd get popped huge. Um, Uther's like on top of them for a little bit. He hits a, like a deadlift the German suplex. Like they were they were chanting for Uther over Moxley. Yes, yeah, you could the, the Uther like, chants that, were like what, were, the Uther chants were deafening. It was it was honestly he was so over. Um, yeah, Uther goes to the three amigos. Moxley kicks out uh, like sort of breaks it up. Um, then Yuta hits the suplex. Yeah, he goes like the triple Germans, doesn't he? Yeah. And then 
on the third one, Moxie kind of like slips out and then like just murders him with a clothesline. Oh, was that the King it's Kong? It's like the King Kong. Yeah, the King Kong. Um, then Yuta hits a suplex, Mox- then Yuta kicks Moxie's head in, which is great. Again, like you said, using Danielson's moves against Moxie. He also like he also locked in a um, like not quite a label lock. It was more like a crossface, but he locked it in on Moxie at one point. Um, yeah, and that was the that was the thing as well. Like every time. Every time that like Utah got a bit of of like offense in, Moxie was right, like getting more and more like, all right, I'm gonna have to just I'm just gonna have to put him away. So getting towards the end of the match then, because um, this I mean it's we, we're doing a we can't again like you said with the FTR match we can't do this justice. Just go and watch it. It's breathless stuff. It's absolutely phenomenal. From like I'd say from the table spot onwards, it was just full pelt. Yeah, there was just no yeah, let up. Agreed. Um, so Moxie hits a paradigm shift, Yuta kicks out, the crowd explodes. Like, yeah, it's unbelievable. Uh, Moxie locks in the bulldog joke, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's almost like Yuta uses like his own blood to like slip out of it because he's so covered in blood. Yeah, he's able to just like slide out. Well, while Moxley was while Moxley was like locking him in as well, he was like kneeing him in the ribs. Which gave like you to kind of like the open to sort of like slide out as well. Yeah, um, which, which is incredible. Um, then you hit to roll up for a near fall. So those two, those two things in this match where as well, which was really clever, where Yuta got like he got the advantage by basically tripping Moxley over. Like he did it with the uh, when he did the stamp, the uh, Danielson stomps. Moxley was going for another lariat, and Yuta tripped like. You to basically like dropped him with like by tripping his leg, like taking his legs out. Yeah, and again, um, Moxie, Moxie goes for a big boot, and Yuta like kicks his other leg out from underneath him as he's going for it, and then like puts a bulldog choking himself. Yeah, we should. I thought that might have been it. Like <laughs> when. Oh man. So then Moxie gets out of that. Uh, Moxie hits the regal knee, which is nice. Good to see that. Yeah. And, and then, then hits not the time shift, the death well, rider. He hits the, the, he hits the, the death rider, player. like the, the sheer drop on. Yeah, the one that no one's ever kicked out of. Yeah, and Yuta kicks out of it. <laughs> Yuta kicked out of it. The, I mean, I said, I said, like, the crowd exploded when he kicked out of the first paradigm shift. No, 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 no. It went fucking nuclear at this point. I thought Yuta was going to win when he kicked out of that second one. I genuinely <laughs> was like... Are they actually gonna have you to fucking win this? That would be fucking incredible. But then Mox goes for like a rear naked choke straight in, and Yuta uh, passes out. Yeah, but he he was in it for a long time before he passed out. Yeah, I mean, you say you talk about making someone look strong in defeat. Jesus Christ! This is how you make a star. John Moxley, take a bow for this because I mean, Yuta did. Yuta was fantastic, but he needed Moxie there. Moxie, uh, Moxie made this match. I mean, Yuta, I'm not dampling Yuta. Yuta, Yuta was phenomenal. But the work, Moxie, was the work well, that Moxie like, did in this match to make Yuta look amazing. I mean, Yuta, Yuta is amazing, and he did it. He did a lot of the work himself. Yeah. But Moxie really did play this part perfectly as well. I think as well, though, the fact that we've had like Yuta versus Danielson last week, and we had the tag match with uh, Chuck and Yuta versus um, Danielson and Moxley. Like, it, it, it it's a really clever way that over about a three-week period they've shown just how much he's grown. And even, like, you can even factor in when he won the Pure Championship off Josh Woods. He won the Pure Championship. He signed. It's officially signed with AW. 
Which but when he when he won that match, that looked like again kind of like a watershed moment for Muta, mm. and it's all been building up to him joining the Blackpool Combat Club. We all know that. We all know this is where like this was the end game for Muta, and um, for this like push. But my word, like did they do a very good? Like did they do a hell of a job making him feel like a massive deal? And I think, I I mean, I, I, there's a few guys who like. Are, in like that kind of like, don't want to say class, but that sort of like us generation that uses like coming in like uh, as we say we talk about the four pillars and then there's the next four, which we like said was what like Garcia, Uta, Moriarty, and I can't remember the other. Um, I, I feel like that like this is for me a statement in saying like yeah, Uta is going to be like one of our guys in the future. Yeah, like he he's going to be a top guy in this company like five, ten years down the line. So we'll talk about very briefly the post-match because that was also incredible. Um, so yeah. after the match, um, Regal and Danielson come down to the ring. They all sort of surround Uther. Uther's on his knees, like just covered in blood from like his, his top of his head down to his chest. Just red. Golden just golden them. Go and come on then. Yeah, he's just shaking his hands. like He's just like, bring it on, bring it on. Come on then. Uh, Regal looking like he's about to batter him and then all of a sudden... The crowd is chanting Yuta. Then they sh- they switch to Trent and shake his hand. Regal extends the hand. Yuta looks at it, shakes it. Then he writes, he gets the blood from his forehead and writes BCC on his chest in blood. Which they've now released as a t-shirt, which I am absolutely buying. <laughs> yeah. And then Moxley sort of gets up face like um, forehead to forehead with him. And then you can just, as, as the show goes off the air, you can hear Moxley telling Yuta the real work begins now. Yeah. Also, after um, what was really nice was after the show, um, finished the ads, like Moxley caught in a promo to send the crowd home happy. But Brian Danielson actually put the pure title around Utah's waist for him, which oh, was nice. really yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, like a proud dad background. I mean, what what a match! What a what a show! What an ending! I was I was oh, I was spent after that. I was I had to have a lie down. Is <laughs> is. I think so. I watched it live because I woke up and couldn't get back to sleep. I couldn't fucking get back to sleep after this match. <laughs> it was tremendous, and it was it was it was not a long match. It was thirteen minutes, but and I know they have like the little brawl outside, so maybe close to fifteen, sixteen by the time you get the brawl as well. But still, wow, Jesus Christ! Yeah, um, here's me thinking that FTR and Bucks was probably going to be the best match that AW put out this week, and then he gave me exactly what I want. I didn't think that that kind of match was my jam, but they made it my jam. Yeah. Yeah, this is absolutely my jam. And it was fucking amazing for me. It was just like, I was like, yeah, this this is fucking incredible. Well done. I mean... Both, both these guys, both these guys. <laughs> it's. I mean, I feel so sorry for Trent and Brian because, like you say, any other, any other Rampage, that would have been... Mm. A, a, out of the park banger, but here it's just the second best match on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Which, it's so upsetting for them, but fuck it, man. I mean, this was this was some. I mean, in case you, you're not getting the yeah, idea, well, this match was fucking special. Go and see it. Yeah, I think as well. One thing that did make it really kind of like feel more important was that obviously because it was pre-taped. There was like talk coming out of the tapings that like Mox and Uther had like a match the year candidate. I was like, okay. Yeah. 
And you always you always get a bit of skepticism when it's like, oh, really going to be that? Is it going to be that good? But no, this, this like last last was. time, last time, like it had got a match, it got that much hype. I think it was Pac versus Andrade too. Where they like, yeah, this match was fucking incredible. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it did it, it did not disappoint. It fucking over delivered. It was brilliant. Uh, right. I mean, so I think we can probably skip the highs and lows because I'm guessing both of our highs will be Utah versus Moxley and both of our lows will be Sam and Ty. Yes. <laughs> so that's nice and uh, nice and easy. Uh, before we've got we go a lot on, of questions. Before we go on to questions, we've got a few of them. I'm just going to run down the card for next week's Dynamite, for tonight's Dynamite, because it's fucking stacked. Just so, just so we can... We're not going to talk about it too much, but we'll just... Um, if I can spell the words AW. There we go. On Twitter. So tonight we have Kingston, Santana Ortiz versus the Jericho Appreciation Society, Swerve and Keith Lee versus Starks and Hobbs, MGF versus Sean Dean, Marina Shafir versus Sky Blue, um, Jurassic Express versus Red Dragon for the tag titles, CM Punk versus Penta, and Minoru Suzuki versus Samoa Joe for the Ring of Honor TV title. Jesus Christ. That's yeah. such a stack. It is nonsense. That's... Uh, right. That's... <laughs> Without further ado, then we'll move on to the questions. We've got quite a few. So Dan, good old I'll go make Dan from the Gym My Podcast, speech in my podcast. Uh when does all the boys. When does one of the young stars make the move to the main event scene? And so uh, and who and I'll add on who do you think is going to be first? I mean you could argue like uh, are we including MJ of them? MJF no, I think I think we're talking about the the next pillars, so not like oh, the right. current pillars. Okay. <clears throat> I mean, I feel like Daniel Unless, Garcia tomorrow. Yeah, I think I think I don't think it will be very soon because, like you said, they're like they're like a t- they're like two tiers down, aren't they? So you've got like the current main top yeah. guys, then you've got like Jungle Boy. Unless you mean unless you mean sort of Jungle Boy, Sammy, Darby, MJF. Well, I don't know because like all of them except for Sammy and. Oh, sorry, half of them have had world title shots. Yeah. And main of MJF's main events of the pay-per-view. True. Darby's main events of the pay-per-view when he wrestled um, against Punk. Yeah. So, I, I feel like they're already, like that, like those four pillars are already there. Um, as for like the next crop, I feel I, I agree with you on Garcia. I think he's the one you could plug in there tomorrow. Yeah, I feel like Daniel Garcia. They could literally put him in the main event pitch tomorrow, and he wouldn't feel out of place. Um, I feel after this week, Wheel Utah probably is going to be holding that TNT title at some point. Yeah, he's he's. Um, least, I mean, he's already got gold, hasn't he? He's already won a belt, a bit of Ring of Honor one. Yeah, <clears throat> and but like main event episodes of Dynamite. With the belt, like Darby used to do. Um, I, I think they're the two. Like Moriarty, as much as like I love him when he's he's a really really talented wrestler. I feel as though he's the one who's got the most work that need that needs to be done. Yeah, he just, just needs a bit more seasoning. I think big seasoning of you. No, thank you. Um, <laughs> but yeah. I, I, I feel like Daniel Garcia, they could they could build him up to being like in the main event scene in a couple of months if they really fucking wanted to. Yeah. 
Uh, right, we'll carry on with Dan. Dan's had to ask a few questions. We'll carry on for his next one. Uh, who will be the next team to enter the tag title scene? Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it was Swerve and Keithley. Fair. Uh, I would similarly not be surprised if we saw the Rockets strapped to top flight. Now they're both back fit. Yeah, they seem to be getting a lot of uh, exposure. That being said, <clears throat> excuse me, I do have a feeling that FTR are going to be like getting a kind of like the Kenny Omega win them all the belts push. The real bell collectors. And then the former super stable with Macardona. You just remember how it managed them and they just have all the belts. Yeah. Uh, last um, one off Dan then. When does AEW do a show in Blackpool and then immediately regret it? I don't think they'd regret it. And I think that. Um, you think Tony Khan? Do you think Tony Khan's ever been to Blackpool when he's been over for the footy? <laughs> Probably not. Um, I, I think that I I could see them absolutely doing like a dynamite taping in the Empress Ballroom. How many people can you get in Blackpool Tower? I know you can get like I think it's fifteen hundred. Or maybe two thousand in the Empress Ballroom. Is that the Blackpool Tower one? No, that's the one that's. Um, it's like not far from the Blackpool Tower, Tower, but it's a bit more like, a bit more inland away from the waterfront. I'm looking at a picture of it now. I mean, it doesn't look big, but it's got balconies. It's got a lot of balconies. It's yeah, the balcony. Empress Ball got like a lot of balconies. It's not up a fucking big old tower. It doesn't say, it doesn't say the um, it doesn't say the capacity, but yeah, um, it looks it looks it, you could do a show in there maybe. Um, so yeah, it's just any ballroom in Blackpool, mate. Fucking bucket turn you coward. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I I know NXTs. Like, I, in fact, I've been to an NXT show at the Empress Ballroom. And it was fucking awesome the way they set it up. So yeah, that was the the um, the first NXT UK show, wasn't it? No, it was just an NXT house show I went to. Oh, um, was it? What was the first NXT UK show there? I remember there being did, a, an, an early NXT UK show. Tournament there. That's the one. Yeah, that's what I remember seeing that. And they also, which has got a wild uh, Neville versus Tommy End match. Yes, but yeah, um, a rare, a rare that, Tommy End appeared. Yeah, um, they also did uh, the two takeover Blackpools there. Yes. Well. Uh, Right, next up then, Joe from the Diamond Vince podcast and Hallmark Greatness and several other podcasts. Check them all out, they're brilliant. Um, why haven't Blackpool Combat Club started selling rock with the word violence written into it? <laughs> I think if they do I, I, if they do, do a takeover in Blackpool, that's that's where you bust that bad boy out. Absolutely. Yeah, imagine. Blood orange flavour, please. What, what colour what color rock would it be? Blood orange flavour, so just red. Yeah, just red with red writing. Like a different red writing, <laughs> just all red. Yeah. Um, next up, Joe again. Joe got another one. No, Joe hasn't. Um, but I mean, that's a good one to be fair. Troy's got a bevy um, of questions, most of which we've already answered in this review. So we'll bash him real quick. Uh, going forward, how would you book Samoa Joe? Does he stay in AEW or Ring of Honor, or do you do a bit of everything? You splash him around like a like a good color. I'd, I'd have him like a fucking multiverse multiversal killer, and. Going between Ring of Honor and AEW, feuding with whoever the fuck he wants. But he said he, he, stop? he said he wants to win both belts, both titles. Yeah, I I really like the kind of romantic idea 
of them doing um, CM Punk and Samoa Joe in a Ring of Honor, uh, a yeah. Ring of Honor. I mean, that's how you sell out the next Ring of Honor show, isn't it? If you need to, if you really need to, that's how you sell out Final Battle 2022. Yeah. Uh, next oh. up, similar question: Do you keep ROH and AEW separate, or have crossing narratives? For example, we had, this week we had Lethal and Doth appearing after Joe's match. Uh, do they continue with this, or this is just to introduce Ring of Honor to a new audience? I think there's no reason why you wouldn't, especially before without Ring of Honor having a TV <laughs> deal. I think you're going to see a lot of Ring of Honor stuff bleeding into AEW. Ring of Honor do have a TV deal. They've still got a TV deal with Sinclair. They just aren't using it yet. Yeah. So until Ring of Honor um, gets its weekly TV show back, I think you get, especially you're going to see a lot of Ring of Honor on AW. I I think it makes the most sense that if it it seems as if Tony's holding off to launch weekly TV for Ring of Honor until he's until until he's got like a bit of a more like a bit more like meat on the roster on the bone of the roster, so to speak. Yeah. Because he's got a few like people that we. We've kind of speculated like Tony Nese and Jay Lethal, who are going to kind of be straddling the line of both. And Joe's already said he's going to. I, I, I literally cannot see any reason why Punk and Danielson wouldn't show up and ring on it. I think you'll find guys like Lee Moriarty might spend a lot of time there as well. Yeah, it almost feels like it's not necessarily like a proven ground for AEW, but like um, almost like a kind of. I, I feel like even though it's going to be treated like NXT when it was like NXT Black and Gold. It's also going to be kind of like treated almost like a sister company at the same time. Yeah, like like when WWE were trying to make NXT like a third brand. I feel like that's what Ring of Honor is going to be like. It's it's effectively AEW, not not necessarily doing a brand split, but yeah, doing a brand. Split. Uh, next up, question then: Are FTR the team to take the belts off Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus? Yes. Right, I've right. I I, I, I think it's nice. I think. FTR will hold tag titles this year, but I don't think they'll win them off Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. I think they'll take the heel team. I I think Red Dragon are going to beat Jungle Boy and um, and Luchasaurus tonight. And then FTR are going to beat Red Dragon. And then FTR can take them off them at like all else or something. Yeah, I, I think that's a very good shout. Um, and something we talked about earlier this uh, review, does Adam Cole need to resort to underhanded tactics to win every match? Seems to be a bit of a theme. Uh, so we've got no problem with it. Uh, it's not like it's cheating, but it's just like shortcut cheating. It's not like, you know, hitting people with belts or chairs or sledgehammers or anything like that. I kind of like I kind of like the Cole is Cole's the type of guy who could, could win I, by his own merits, but he's just a bit of a prick and he doesn't want to. Like, I kind of yeah. enjoy that character about him. Yeah, to echo that sentiment you just made there, I, I, while I think he, I, I think the nice part of Cole cheating to win is he doesn't need to, but he's doing it because he's an asshole. Yeah. It never really turns. It, it doesn't really turn the tide of the match. It just, like I said, it just lops five minutes off where you normally you'd have to beat him down a bit more. Yeah. It, it, it's, ba- it's basically just keeping Adam Cole heel. Yeah, because otherwise he's going to get cheered too much because he's fucking over. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. And final question, which we've just answered to be fair. Uh, Faye asks, are Red Dragon winning the belts? Uh, I think yes. Yeah. I, I, see. I, I think I think tonight, tonight they win the belts. I, I see a high I, low. I see a high low in Lucas future. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, let, let's face it. Last uh, battle of the belts, they had one title change, didn't they? Yeah. Just one. Um, 
Championship Week, though, mate. It's time. Let's kick off Championship Week with a bang. What's a, what's a bigger bang than new champions? I still yeah. think I still think Red Dragon need to win the titles to further this program with the books because if they can say to the books, oh, look, you couldn't get it done, but we did. Oh, do you think we're going to get another triple threat? Red Dragon books and um, FDR. Oh, <laughs> don't, don't say these things. I'd like that. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, on that note, then, what a, what a what a place to draw this week's show to a close. What a thing, what, yeah. a, what, a, what an image to leave people's minds if you go away of a, a one of the best could be one of the best triple threat matches of all time. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. That, that's it for the show. Uh, thank you everybody for listening along this week. Um, looking forward to Dynamite tonight. Hope you we'll get this up before Dynamite comes on, so you'll have a chance to listen to it while you're waiting for it to start. Um, I mean, it's going to be a hell of a show. We'll be back next week for a bumper episode because wow. we'll have three shows to cover. I mean, that's going to be fun. Yeah, um, boy. Yeah, so we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Take care. Enjoy your wrestling. And we'll see you all again very soon. Goodbye. Bye. Hello, yes, Danhausen here. Danhausen has been summoned. You must love this podcast house in the Untitled Wrestling Podcast House. Here. <laughs>